I think for many of us, there is often a very real struggle to believe that God actually loves us. Sometimes it's easier to look at the lives of other people and to believe that God loves them. After all, it seems like they have it all together. They're clearly living their best life. They don't have any obvious sins or flaws. Their family looks happy in pictures on social media. Their home is clean and tidy. Everything that they portray outwardly seems to suggest that life is good, if not perfect. Certainly, must God must love them. And then when we think of ourselves... We're reminded of that same sin that we've committed over the previous 100 days straight, if not more. We're reminded that our lives are a hot mess. That our family is always at each other's throats. We're arguing. We don't get along well. We seem to keep failing at everything that we do. haven't been to church in weeks. We can't remember the last time that we actually picked up the Bible and read it. When we think about it, it sometimes feels like it's been months since we've prayed. And when we look at our lives and we take all of those things into account, and we ask the question, how can God love me? in the midst of that mess, in the midst of that argument, in the midst of all those things that seem to repeatedly go wrong. And then that quickly turns into, God can't possibly love me. And then we sort of continue to spiral until we believe that we are beyond God's love. But when we look at our passage this morning, it's my hope that we will be reminded of the always enduring, steadfast, unshakable love that God has for us, for you, this morning. That Jesus cares about you, whatever is going on in your life. He wants to bring wholeness and healing. And that our proper response to His love and care for us is service to Him. So if you would turn with me this morning to our passage in Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 34. Again, Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 34. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. And that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. 
the whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Jesus, Simon, Andrew, James, and John leave the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and they go to the home of Simon and Andrew, where Simon's mother-in-law is laid up in bed with a fever. And he takes the time to heal her. We see the compassion and love of Jesus on full display in this story. Not only does he take time to heal Simon's mother-in-law, we see that the crowd begins to gather outside the door. And Jesus spends the night healing sickness and disease and casting out demons amongst the people. We see Jesus bring healing and wholeness to the lives of the sick and of the possessed, the ones that society has cast outside into the margins, the ones that oftentimes seem to be the most unlovable. Jesus shows tremendous compassion, concern, and love. And he shows a desire to bring wholeness where there is dysfunction. And I think that the tendency that many of us have is to take that care and concern that we see here modeled by Jesus. And then we try to integrate that care and concern into our own lives. We, in essence, try to care for people like Jesus does in this story. And that's awesome. We need to show others care and concern like Jesus did in these moments. That should become a part of how we live our lives when we follow Jesus. We see Jesus model love for people, and we immediately jump to how we should love others. Again, there's nothing wrong with drawing that conclusion. But when we make that jump from seeing Jesus love people to the application of us, needing to love people, we often miss, we often forget, or we often ignore the fact that Jesus loves and he cares for us too. It's all well and good to care for others, but that has to come from an understanding, from a knowledge that Jesus, he loves us. He says as much in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, he says, or I should say, John says, we love because he first loved us. Jesus loves us. No matter how dysfunctional we are, no matter how much we have messed up our lives, he wants us to help, or wants to help us bring order or, or wholeness to that dysfunction. Now, the goal isn't to merely accept us as we are. It's to love us in spite of our dysfunction and to bring redemption in the midst of it. To bring transformation and wholeness to our lives. And that starts with us. By recognizing, by believing and trusting that He really does love us. 
regardless of our circumstances. And we, when we get a hold of that, when we believe it, when we let it transform us into some, something truly amazing begins to happen, not only are we made whole, Jesus begins to change people around us as well. This is how communities are shaped, how communities are transformed by the gospel. Let's take a look again at what happens in our story this morning. When Jesus and the disciples arrive at Simon's house, Simon's mother-in-law, she's sick. And Jesus heals her. And then what happens? This woman has a beautiful and amazing encounter with Jesus. And then she begins to, to serve him. She experiences the love of Jesus, and then she reciprocates that love. She serves him. Now understand, this isn't love out of obligation or service out of obligation. She serves him out of love for how he has engaged her in her life. She experienced the love of Jesus. She's healed by it, and then she's able to respond to him in love. Far too often, far too often, we just unfortunately miss how powerful, how transformative Jesus' love can be in our lives. This woman is so transformed. But she gets up, she serves Jesus, and then Mark tells us she actually serves them. Meaning she begins to serve everybody that is present in the home. Because Jesus' love healed her. Her love for Jesus causes her to serve him. And that, Lord, uh, that love gets poured out onto everyone else that is present. So we see Simon's mother-in-law it's healed. Jesus shows up. She's healed. And then we begin to see how that encounter with Jesus begins to change that household and then begins to change the community all around us or all around them. That's what Jesus' love does when we experience it, when we embrace it. It changes us. It drives us to serve him and others out of love. And then take note of what happens next. All kinds of people, they hear about what Jesus is doing. And they gather at the door. All kinds of people begin to gather at the house and Jesus begins to heal and cast out demons and to bring wholeness to people who are in need. The word got out in Capernaum that day. And remember, this is still the same day that Jesus taught with authority in the synagogue. And it's the same day that the uh, man with the unclean spirit was made clean. 
the word was getting out in Capernaum and a spiritual awakening was taking place. People were taking their needs to Jesus and their needs were being met. And Capernaum was being turned upside down that night. The people were meeting Jesus and they were being made whole. And the kingdom of God was breaking into Capernaum that night. Lives were changed. Now, as churches, we, we often try to manufacture this kind of thing. We try to do it through programming or, or through events. We want a spiritual awakening within the community. We want a revival within our church. So we create some sort of programming or event to do it. But there's absolutely no substitute for the transformation of a community than Jesus making somebody whole. And the word getting out about how Jesus is changing people's lives. There's no substitute for Jesus doing something amazing in a person's life. And then we as his people getting up to serve him and to serve others with the overflow of that love that Jesus pours out upon us. We cannot program spiritual awakening. We cannot program revival within our community and within our nation. We can't manufacture what happened in Capernaum that night. But what we can do is point others to Jesus as the answer to their brokenness and dysfunction. We can let people know that Jesus loves them and that he is waiting to make them whole. We can let them know that they are not alone and that Jesus is with them. We can declare to the world that Jesus has changed our lives and that he can change your life too. There is absolutely no substitute for someone who has encountered Jesus, truly encountered Jesus, leading others to encounter Jesus as well. We are called to love others, to help bring healing and hope where we can. But it begins when we know and we experience the love of Jesus first. Like Simon's mother-in-law, the crowds that came to him for healing and those who experienced freedom from demon possession, Jesus absolutely 100%, no doubt about it, loves you right now this morning. And he wants to bring healing and wholeness and hope and peace. Which brings me to our main point this morning. Our main point is this. Spiritual awakening and revival happens in a community when we are committed to serving Jesus and others while pointing them to the transformative work of Jesus in our own lives. Essentially, we tell others about how Jesus has shown up and transformed us. And our head change is this, that thing that we need to wrap our heads around. We need to know 
that Jesus loves us and our love for God and others flows from his love for us. And our heart change. We need to acknowledge, experience, and embrace the love that Jesus has for us. I know from experience that that can be hard for us to believe sometimes. Especially when we look at others who seem to be doing so much better than we are. I have felt that sting of doubt about God's love for us from time to time in my life. But his love is enduring. It is steadfast. It is unfailing. And can be trusted every moment of every day. We need to acknowledge, experience, and embrace the love that Jesus has for us. When we do so, that leads us to our life change this morning. We must seek to point others to the wholeness that they can have through Jesus as a result of knowing and experiencing the love and wholeness we received through Jesus. Our ability to point people to Jesus begins when we acknowledge, experience, and embrace his love for us first. And now in a few moments, we're going to share in taking communion together as the body of Christ. And we do this in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. And we do so as a proclamation to one another and to the world that Jesus can... Every once in a while you stumble over words, don't you? We do so in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us and as a proclamation to one another in the world that Jesus can change our lives. We remember his love and his sacrifice and we proclaim his love and his sacrifice to the world. The meal then is faith building for us. And it's evangelistic to the world in nature and in practice. And so as we approach the table this morning, let us do so with an attitude of remembrance for the nourishment and the building up of our faith. And with a heart and mind focused toward proclaiming the good news to others as a means of proclaiming Christ to others through the shared meal of the bread remembering resolutely that Jesus loves us doesn't mean that he accepts everything we do doesn't mean that he's okay with every behavior that we do but he loves us he loves you this morning he loves you so much that he's not going to leave you where you are. It's going to bring transformation. Let's pray.
our gracious Heavenly Father. We admit this morning that sometimes it's hard for us to imagine that God does indeed love us, that you, in fact, do love us. We look at our lives, we see the brokenness, we see our failings, we see our flaws, those moments, those times in our lives where we have made mistakes, even when we may have hurt ourselves or others. We acknowledge that sometimes accepting your love is, is difficult for us. And so I pray that your spirit would be at work within us this morning, reminding us of your unfailing love. When we forget, when we doubt, when we simply just don't believe, Father, give us faith. Help us to trust in your unfailing love for us, regardless of circumstance. And as we accept, acknowledge, and embrace that love, help us to share it with others. Not to keep it to ourselves, but to be a people who take that love, show it to others, and point people to you. We pray this all in and through the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. Amen.